0: a sweet song that is. And uh, this is Bloodlines with, shortly, I understand, uh, Pastor Eli James. It's Paul English here. And uh, Eli called me last night to say, would I like to join him on the show? But he didn't say that he wouldn't turn up at the beginning or that I would do the whole thing, but that's nice anyway. So uh, I just made contact with him a few minutes ago, and uh, Eli's having one of his um, computer moments, um, which I'm sure many of you are quite familiar with, so it does happen. Um, But uh, he should be along shortly, uh, once we've got things rolling along. I think there's a few documents lined up today to go through, Um, so he should be with us rather soon. I think he's just booting up another computer, so it's all very boring, that sort of stuff, isn't it? But... uh, but there we go. Uh, that's that's kind of what's happening right now. So as soon as he's uh, called me through uh, and uh, made a connection here, where we'll go with discussing a few things. In the meanwhile, I'm left with the rather thorny and sticky problem of knowing quite what to say to you, because uh, I didn't know exactly what he had lined up today. I had a few thoughts um, with regards to um, some of the topics that we discussed before um, a few weeks ago. Uh, which were to do with words of course, Um, a topic never far away I suppose from everybody's mind uh, with regards to the definitions of these words and it's something that I continue to give a bit of thought to, more than a bit, and no doubt you likewise I guess. Um, So I suspect we will be looking at a few words today. Um, I also wanted, actually no the word want is not true, Uh, but something that came up was um, looking at the idea of this very silly idea called The Rapture. Um, I don't really want to go into it because it's the sort of thing that makes my flesh crawl and creep um, with unsound things. But uh, it had come up in a few uh, little bits of uh, research that I've been doing, Um, and one thing had sort of bumped into another. I came across a document. I'll start off with this until Eli turns up. Uh, We might come back to this. On a website called the Intercontinental... Good grief... The Intercontinental Church of God. I thought it said Intercontinental Ballistic Missile at first, but it doesn't. Intercontinental Church of God. And uh, this is an article titled, Rapture, What is the Origin of This False Doctrine? And uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's quite detailed, but it's very useful. Probably put the link up in the chat room once I get my hands free when Eli's here. So I'll put the link in shortly. Um, but there was a chain of events that led me to sort of looking at this, um, really with regards to mucking about with words and getting the, getting the meaning wrong. And uh, this is an excellent little article about that, uh, where it reveals that one Emmanuel Lacunza, a Jesuit priest, built on the ideas of a gentleman called Ribera. And the interesting thing about it is, certainly in this article... I don't know whether this is necessarily true, but it's to do with the Reformation. I'll just read you this little bit. Um, It says, uh, it may come as a surprise to some that the rapture teaching was not taught by the early church. Jolly good show, when it probably was still more of a church than it is today. Uh, And it was not taught by the reformers. It was not taught by anyone until about the year 1830. So we're talking about 200 years ago that this nonsense began. At the time of the Reformation, the early Protestants widely held and were convinced that the Pope was the supreme individual embodiment and personification of the spirit of Antichrist. Well, they're not far wrong there. And the Roman Church, the harlot system of Revelation 17. This understanding was responsible for bringing millions of believers out of the Roman Catholic religious system, and it therefore became expedient for certain Romish theologians to turn their attention, or to turn the attention of the people, away from the papacy. And this they endeavoured to do by inventing a counter-interpretation to that held by the Protestants. This new scheme of prophetic interpretation became known as futurism. Rather than viewing the drama of the Book of Revelation spiritually and historically, they would consign it all to a brief period of time at the end of the age. It was a Jesuit priest named Ribera. Hello, Jesuits. Any alarm bells going off? I think so. Uh, Aren't they often referred to as the Jewish wing of the Catholic Church? Probably. It was a Jesuit priest named Ribera who, in the days of the Reformation, first taught that all the events in the book of Revelation were to take place literally during the three and a half year reign of the Antichrist, way down at the end of the age. Oh, and Eli's here. So let me see if I can bring him in. Let's see if he makes a sound. He didn't last time. Hello? No, you're still not making a sound here. So, I don't know why you're not making a sound. Let me call you back. Very strange. So, sorry about this. I have no idea why. I think Eli's got two computers. And there we go. Are you there?
1: Okay. You are yeah. here. Well done. I've got you now. Yeah. Yes. Finally. Finally. Now you know why I want to ditch this old computer. <laughs> it takes forever
0: to boot up. Everybody's okay. listening, and they're all loving that your computer's broken. I. Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I just fill them in, and thanks for thanks for dropping me in it right at the beginning. I don't mind really. <laughs> okay. So that yeah. That was yeah. quite good. Yeah.
1: Well, well it was like when when uh, was it? Nixon uh, got ill. And Alexander Haig said, "I'm the president now, or I'm in charge now, right?" <laughs> he, he was just waiting for the moment to be in charge. I hope you're not comparing, like I'm not comparing me to Alexander Haig. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a similar type of experience: right. being thrust onto the stage without unexpectedly, right? Right. Uh, and having to perform uh, uh, so, something most people don't experience, right? No,
2: it's okay, right. so it's uh, I was in a
1: right. yeah, yeah, I was in a chat room, and uh, I. I Because last night I did a show, at least the last half of the uh, Restoration Hour show, about how these siliconized uh, nanobots, they call them now xenobots, Mm -hmm. that uh, invade your DNA and turn you into a half-human, half-robot, okay? And so so I said, well, these are now monsters inside of us. But I realized also the words, uh, because we've been having fun with words. These words that have false definitions are also monsters inside of us, okay? They make us have totally uh, false views of reality, and people assume that a Gentile is a non-Israelite, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it gives them a completely wrong view of what the Bible is really saying. So it's an amazing, uh, amazing, amazing story that after 2,000 years, the uh, Christian world, it's finally beginning to figure out what the bible is really teaching. Okay.
0: I think that's it's rather cr- a I think that's rather a large claim, Eli. Are you, are you sure yeah. that the Christian world be I think maybe with the well, good work of yourself and others here, it can and um huh? it's I think it's I mean it's one of the most important things. Also, there is a um I think there's a, a kind of growing movement to understand the definition of words generally, particularly when it comes to things like so-called legal and lawful terms about acts and statutes and things like this. There's a general inquiry building up because of the people can see that one in their face because they're being abused at that level daily and they're beginning to really sense it. And I think it's only a short step now before we get them right down to to the foundational problems uh, with scriptural right. text, which is where all the law springs from anyway and where all the, and, and where the law is abused, you know, it's abused at that level. So um i definitely yeah. think things are better like that and uh, and you're right absolutely i mean it's it's actually a lot of fun because it's not really an argument people think you're having an argument but i think from our point of view we're not at all there's nothing argumentative about it you go well this word either means this or it does not so you know because because you you're carrying a false definition of this word in your head that, that's, that's right why it, that's why it appears that we're having a dispute but we don't think we are we just think you don't know the true meaning of the word just yet let me show you what it is yeah you know that kind of thing
1: right right and i think the word gentile has been misunderstood uh well since the vulgate was created okay yeah and i think the early christians uh understood that uh, well they didn't use the word gentile okay that was uh, created in the Vulgate. And so they just thought of themselves as uh, – they didn't think of themselves as white because there weren't any other races to deal with, right? They simply were white Christians. <laughs> That's what they were, right? Yes. And so uh, they, they, that was the only idea they had in their mind. You know? So then in addition to these word uh, monsters – we have these false ideas that there were other races living among the Israelites who were quote-unquote citizens. Now, that, that did obtain in Judea a uh, 100 years before Christ because when uh, John Hyrcanus conquered Idumea and he made them citizens by forcibly circumcising them, yeah. then uh, these uh, Edomites suddenly became citizens of Judea, but that did not make them Israelites or Judahites. That's what most judeo-christians simply do have no idea that these edomites suddenly became citizens of judea not israelites yes over to you
0: no absolutely Mm -hmm. key Hyrcanus, what is it that possessed him to bring that moment about this is so interesting you know well interesting is the wrong word it's devastating actually what he did there but but it's too late you know we can't go back and put it right but but what was it that compelled him or brought him to, to making that decision do you know
1: well, I think he just got tired of making war against the Edomites. He was he had to make war against the Edomites because they were such a pestilence, right? As they are indeed today still yeah. are a pestilence among us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, he just was carrying on the work of the Maccabees and David and uh Solomon, etc., having to make war against these Edomites because they were such a pestiferous uh presence you know, to the southwest of Judah, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he finally, I think he just finally got tired of making war and offered them a peace deal, which of course was a violation of the law. We're not supposed to make covenants with anybody but Yahweh. Okay. So that was a, and and of course we, our people have been making that same mistake for the last two millennia, making deals with people who hate our God, our creator. Yeah. Okay. I know.
0: I mean, of course, most people don't see it as a mistake because they don't know what the ground rules are in the first place. So you know, they're looking in the wrong place for the solutions. They go, "Oh, it's about this," or oh, "If we do that," or "If we're nicer to people, it all gets sorted out." And of yeah. course, <laughs> co- nice to us, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You <laughs> Sorry. know. And- uh, it just doesn't work. I mean, it's it's a very difficult one for us to learn, it appears. I mean, not for all of us, but for, unfortunately still for the bulk of our people. Circumcision as well. It was interesting. I had a conversation with someone the other day. Not that, I, not that I'm keen to get involved, seriously, but <laughs> the comment that came back to me, this is someone who, who knows a little bit about these things, probably a little bit more than just a little bit, but... Uh, And he didn't say this adamantly, but he had a view, which I just want to share, which I I found interesting, which is that circumcision back then was not the full-blown thing that we view it as today. It was more like a nick in in that part of your anatomy. I don't want to get overly sort of graphic here. (laughs) More like a nick or a mark or a small section taken out of that so that you were marked that way. Is there any truth to that, or is that just wishful thinking on my part?
1: Oh my not uh, not from is that why you British call your underwear knickers? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't think so. I have no idea why no, we call them oh, that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Right, right. No, I'm not, not familiar with that at all. I do recall, however, in scripture, Moses, for whatever reason, didn't want to circumcise his sons by Zipporah. Right. And so Zipporah took matters into her own hands, literally. <laughs> and did the circumcision and, and in anger threw the foreskin at at Moses, there, your your God is a bloody God. That why right. Moses did not want to do that. I cannot explain. Interesting. Right? Uh, but why was she?
0: She was a she was of the, of the tribe, wasn't she, or was she not?
1: She was a Midianite. She was right. a Midianite and uh, Aramean, so it was definitely a Shemitic, Aramaic yep. woman. Okay, yeah. as all the uh, sons of Israel had to w- w- find women outside the actual tribe, okay, yeah. tribe of Israel. Yeah. And so uh, you know, they pretty much all get Aramaic women with a couple right. of exceptions. I think right. uh, there were a hamite or two in there, but they were also our kinsmen, the descendants of Noah, okay? Yes, yeah. so They kept it within the white race very much exclusively. Now, and again, here, the idea that Moses married a negress from Africa. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely silly, <laughs> absolutely silly, because it's very clear that Zipporah was a Midianite and Jethro was a priest of Midian, and they were why she they were descendants of Abraham through Keturah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, somehow the Judeo Christians gloss over or never. Well, very very few Christians actually read their Bibles. Certainly Catholics don't. Right. I'm kind of glad,
0: though, of that, really, Eli. I know that sounds a sort of (laughs) backhanded comment, but I'm kind of glad they do because they seem to make such a mess of what little bit they do know that if they got hold of the whole thing, it would be a complete ruin, if you ask me. I mean, yet again, just coming back to these key foundational words, if they're not understood, you're literally in a process of wasting your time misunderstanding. Misunderstanding right. something and compounding that misunderstanding with all sorts of fine sounding rhetoric and argumentativeness. Uh, and it just sounds like yes. you know what you're talking about. Uh, and then somebody sort of puts their hand up and go, Do you know what a testament is? Do you know what a covenant actually is? You know, <laughs> right. are, are you aware that this is a racially exclusive document? And of course, we're off. We're oh, off to yeah. the races. I mean, literally. You yeah. Know, see what I did there. Yeah. So we are. We're off. To, we're we're off to the races. We're going to be talking about the races, and we're going to talk about race. And uh, it, it's mm. this. It's that topic more than any other one that I see people moving around like fish moving away and round rocks. You know, when they swim, yeah. Just moving around it, almost oblivious to it. That's absolutely. It's more than an elephant in the room. It's 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 the, a million herds of elephants in the room. I mean, it's just an, a right. colossal topic. Um, failure of which to address it right at the beginning, I think almost guarantees ruin in your understanding going forward from that point. You can't, you really can't make head and a tail of it. Um, Yeah. I don't think, not in in any logical or sensible sense, really.
1: It all began with the Vulgate. I'm not sure if Jerome had any uh, ill intent. I think he was using the vernacular of the Latin language of the day, right, mm-hmm. to make a, you know, a fairly honest translation. But then what the world has done with the word Gentile since then is just an abomination, you know, it's a total abomination. And, of course, we know that the Jews do their utmost to make sure that none of this is ever clarified, right? Yes. <laughs> we need to have some clarified Scripture. That's what we need to have. And, by the way, uh, uh, you had a brilliant idea about uh, translating, yeah, the uh, what is it, a Jerusalem Bible?
0: Well, it, it and, could be uh, the Jerusalem one, or it could be the King James, or whatever. It's, I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a profoundly unique or genius idea. It's just simply, it's, per, it's born out of personal frustration. To be quite honest, I, I've probably now got. It's very funny. This, um, I've got about six or seven different Bibles in the house. <laughs> They keep building up. Maybe I'm just a lightweight. Maybe you've got hundreds. I don't know, right? But why do I get them? Uh, Because, um, I mean, the latest one I got was on your recommendation, The Jerusalem, and I have been reading that, and it is extremely lucid and clear. I mean, it's wonderful, actually. Mm -hmm. It's a a wonderful Bible. It it races along. You're reading it, and, and yet it hasn't lost the weight or the authority of the word. It doesn't feel like that to me. There's something incredibly serious about it and the way it's done, but it's so clear the the language is really yep. clear. And um I, I've been, you know, on a joyride recently because I've been reading Jeremiah <laughs> jeremiah and uh not as i said to you yesterday not really to be read no, last thing at night before you go sad, to bed
1: book oh jeremiah. my god yeah i've never faithful. read it before
0: i've heard you talk about it i thought oh we'll have a nibble at this one i don't go through it chronologically yeah. i go oh let's have a look at this so i started reading it i can't put it down because it's so awful it's just terrifying yeah, really. I just, and i thought oh boy oh boy god yahweh was immensely furious <laughs> Israelites. There's no other yeah, way to describe us, it, right? Essentially, yes. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. And it, and he yeah. constantly tells us, "If you don't do what I tell you to do, I will punish you." Yes, right. Yes. And that's still happening today, folks. It's it is, and is it
0: not the case, Eli, that really the Edomite is the enforcing agent of that punishment? In other words, well, I mean, they're yeah. allowed to live, aren't they? Uh, you know, if mm-hmm. all this power exit. They're allowed. There's a dynamic at play down here where we are the inheritors of of a great contract, but we're also the inheritors of all the errors that our forefathers have made in regards to that contract. That's still taking place. Here we are as a group growing, getting conscious of that and therefore being able to choose our way back to the path in the light of knowing the truth. And yet we, I yes. see that, of course, most of our people continue to be harried by the Edomite, Canaanite clans, as it were, which they will be whilst they remain in this state of ignoring the law, which is an active condition of not paying any attention to it, which, you know, I did for a great part of my life too. There were other things going on in it which were uh, very important to me, apparently, at the time. They obviously were. I wouldn't have done them otherwise. But but I can look back on it now and say, oh, there you go, Paul, there's 25 years away. You were completely distracted away from the truth. And it's And now, from this perspective, that's a true statement. But you couldn't have told me that at the time. And I think... Uh, you know, that's one way I view it. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't want to sort of appoint uh, uh, any more sort of strange interpretations if it doesn't exist. But I've I've often thought that that they are they they are they live in such a way that every time we begin to drift away from the law, their power right. over us incrementally or concomitantly increases it's a it's a direct relation it's as if you always say i'm not going to do it all the time so i've I've got this i've got this agent down there that i hate anyway and i'm just going to make use of it and every time you step away from the terms of the contract they're going to step it up i'm going i mean it seems to work like that or am i laying it on a bit thick i mean if you've got any thoughts on that
1: no no actually you just explained how our immune system is supposed to work okay yes Yes. so so uh essentially we're supposed to eat real food right mm-hmm. yeah and the, the old days uh, before noah's flood that's what our ancestors did they ate real food right? yes. they had clean air clean water etc they didn't eat potato chips or the, the various non well the, let me just say non edible versions of potato chips uh, that come out you know compressed mash yes <laughs> compressed you yeah.
2: know, right?
1: fried, and with all kinds of supplemental ingredients that uh, eventually poison us, right? Yeah. So all of this, uh, the, the, the parallel is striking that as you continue to consume f- uh, fake food, mm-hmm. poison, and all kinds of, well, let's say fermented yeast products <laughs> in overabundance, right? Well, you compromise your immune system, and therefore, what? You get your holiday blues you get your so called flu okay yep. mm-hmm. well what's happened and then as you weaken your immune system even more then the parasites move in
0: it's it's literally getting clear that we are responsible for our own condition it's a very difficult yes. one of course because you're born into this mess and it takes you so long to even be heard when, she, when you're young. So you can't be bothered. You go off and live in young world right. And you're not going to be, you know, because you don't know anything much, really. And then you find out that most of what you've been taught when you were young wasn't worth acquiring anyway. In fact, it's, it's a problem because most of yes. it's rubbish. So you have to get then get rid of that. And by the time we get to this stage, there's very few of us left. It's a bit like salmon swimming upstream, you know. We know what we're supposed to do, but most of us get bumped off along the way. You just can't make it through. It's like a numbers game. Um, yes. so you're absolutely right with, I mean, one of the things about this so-called injection that people are taking that I've sought to point out to people and, and it really chimes in what, with what you've just said there, um, as I understand it, uh, an actual vaccine, not that I'm necessarily sold on that, that that is an idea either, but the principle behind it is that you take a small sample of the disease and inject it into the person a, 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 in an amount sufficient to not kill them obviously but to right. bring on Perfect. a response by the immune system where the immune system goes ooh I've never seen this before let's see what we do with it right got right we've got a handle on it now we can smash it to bits then when it comes along for real uh, and it goes in the the immune system is trained to go oh we know this this is disease number 25 or whatever it got and it just goes off and wipes it out that's the principle behind it isn't it so um yep. to to get a vaccine you must have a sample of the disease in the first place. And one of the issues with the current scam is that there isn't. Right. One. There isn't there's no sample right. of this thing. So therefore, by logical deduction nobody has been vaccinated. I keep saying this to everybody. You have not been vaccinated yeah. by the terms of scientific terms of a vaccine. So, uh, you know, and I was with some people unfortunately the other week who revealed to me that they'd all been vaccinated, which was an extreme, it's like the world fell out my bottom. Or was it the bottom fell out my world? Something, yeah, really. right. Something yeah. like that. And uh, I, I was Until just- you had a
2: cushion. Yeah, it was,
0: it, <laughs> that's right. It wasn't a particularly nice moment, really. I, I felt rather let down in all sorts of ways and strange, but
2: right? they had right? no
0: idea, I asked them, they had no idea what they'd allowed to be injected into their body. I said, do you know what's gone in? They went, oh no. It was like complete indifference. And I thought- I'm really not able to conduct myself in this conversation. It's just such a basic uh, thing that you would do. Um, It's a bit like eating too many potato chips. You go, how many potato chips are you eating? Oh, I don't know. You know, five pounds a day. you think this might explain why you weigh four hundred and twenty pounds? Does it? It's like right? so, so, yeah, people can't see cause and effect. It well, has no, nothing
1: to do with it. No, it's got <laughs>
0: nothing to do with it. I'm just, I'm just fat, and you know, and the universe doesn't like me. And and you've got to all look, love me because that'll make it better. Well, maybe if you stop eating potato chips, that that's what's going to make it better. But
1: right, um, right, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right with the dynamic. It's just a thought. I've I've had a thought, you know, here we are harried, as it were. Once you observe it, you see that there is obviously this enmity between the seeds. There is this enmity. Oh, yeah. And uh, it never goes away. Uh, It might be held in abeyance. There might be periods of history in certain regions where it's relatively calm. But at some point, yet again, a bit like a disease, it's going to rise up and kick off again. And of course, uh, it's kicking off big time right now um, with everything and, and people looking for answers to this. So, I mean, we do have the answers or at least scripture has the answers and we can be the mouthpiece for that if we get these words right, seems to me
1: right yeah absolutely so the definitions of words and so the reason i made this comparison and calling these word monsters is because they cause illness <laughs> a psychological and sometimes even physical illness because the the consequences of having false beliefs and acting on false beliefs constantly is going to make you sick both yes. psychologically and physically it will it, okay, it absolutely that's does.
0: Happening. Yes. I mean, it's, what it's done is it's modified people's behavior. Their behavior right. is is in the light of living in lies and not being able to detect them early on and, and sort of cut them out of the system. People accommodate their behavior. And it's a great strength and a great weakness, this ability to get used to things. It's a flexibility. But we're getting used contin- continually to bad things. We're not really getting used, it's the wrong terminology, but people are accepting these bad things. They're allowing them to linger around in their culture and to do these things, and it subdues everybody. I mean... I've been looking at photographs, you know, people from the late 1800s when you see them walking on the promenade, say, down by the sea, both in Europe and in America. These old photographs, they're wonderful things to look at. And of course, everybody's really rather immaculately turned out, aren't they? They're all in suits and they've got hats yeah. and mustaches are clipped properly and people are behaving in a very structured right. way. I mean, you could argue, say, well, they were all brainwashed to be. Well, yeah, okay, you could argue that way if you want. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when I look at it, I, I see people who've got their act together, you know. They're happy. Yeah, because they're organized. They're in charge of whatever little resources we we perceive or are told that they did have. They're in charge of this stuff. And so there's a strength about them. You can see it. I mean, there's an actual strength of will, a strength of clarity of mind. I'm not saying they were all geniuses, but in terms of fulfilling their prime duties, most people were doing most of that most of the time. And I don't think we can say that that's taking place much these days. It seems
1: not. Yes, Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. somebody did a video about you know because uh, hey, listen, the uh, mRNA vaccine is instructions. Mm -hmm. It's siliconized, uh, a siliconized replacement of natural uh, DNA instructions. Yes, that's what it is. Okay, it's those are words. (laughs) they're little literally biological words and now they have a synthetic biology they want to change our dna with these word monsters
0: Mm -hmm. yes they do okay yeah
1: i mean so so what happened uh, just before noah's flood was that was simple race mixing you know uh, sexual uh penetration of adamic women by the fallen ones okay to produce giants and whatnot okay Mm -hmm. and that's been going on ever since really is has that has never stopped because the parasites are always among us <laughs> encouraging yeah. us to violate yahweh's laws right mm-hmm. and so but now the sophistication of the changing our dna i mean uh paul
0: how much worse can it get
1: before the second coming how much know. worse can it really get
0: i don't know <laughs> i don't know i, I yeah. you know this is the problem when you when you're exposed to a bad idea of course you're at the first exposure, you're sort of repulsed or you know by it, understandably, and then you start yes. to strategize to survive it. And this is part of the problem. It's understandable that we do this, but we kind of strategize to survive these issues, as opposed to finding out how we cauterize and completely destroy them. We've lost touch with that. I mean, right. uh, it's. I mean, I think it's there, latent, but but to get to that point again it's almost as if you've got to be clear about all these topics that you touch on regularly. You've got to be clearly understanding them because then you you have a drive and a grounding in what you're doing that's based in total truth and you know that you're acting with righteousness in the best sense of that word. And And I think that that's kind of lost. You know, when people are spiritually drifting or don't even know that there is such a consideration as, you know, your eternal soul, and most people never even think those words, Right. They just think right. what's on TV tonight. I mean, that's the sort of sentences that are running yeah. through people's heads. Then, then they're not even it in the game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what a horrible word, rapture. I that was mentioning that just before you came on. I was just going through that little article, but it's. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I only did it because I had it on the screen, and of course, it's not. I shudder even thinking about addressing it. To be quite honest, but yeah, uh, but but right. it's it's a tremendous symptom of this. Desire to move to to basically stay on the milk for babes and, and not get onto the strong meat for men, and I think that this is this is the a key aspect. I keep seeing this over and over again. It's a bit like I was mentioning last time, is that groups of people that I see that are even inquiring about this, they want all the lovely message. I want the lovely right. message to Eli. I'm not against the lovely message. I think it's great. Gratter me. Yeah. Well. I mean, you know, there's a bit, you tickle my ears. Go and tell me how great it's all going to be. Yeah. And that's lovely. But I, yes. I, I liken that to something like, as if we'd moved into a building and everybody wants to talk about how beautiful the curtains are and the wallpaper and everything. But people <laughs> right? like you and me, people like you and me are down in the basement. And we're going, this sewage pipe split these bricks here in this foundation, they're going to go, this whole thing is coming down. You better come down here. We need your help. No, no, no. We just want to look at the curtains. It's smelly where you are. We go, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't get down here and deal with this, it's all going down the top.
1: Built into them. That that, uh, makes you not notice the stench (laughs) coming up from underneath the floor. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So are you suggesting that the foundation is
0: crumbling? (laughs) Right? Yes. Is that where we're at? That's where we're at. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. And it requires a little bit of like mental and spiritual courage to go and examine foulness at the root of things. Right? It yeah, does. You have to. You have to go. Who's going to go down that sewage pipe and have a look? I'm not going. Well, if someone do not go, we're going to be covered in sewage, and this it's all over, and I don't want to be covered right. in sewage, right? So we're going to have to sort this out. We're going to have to deal with it because this is what's going on right in front of our face. Oh, let's right. not look at it. No, that's not an option.
1: Yeah, right. No, let's
0: pretend there's no mess down there. Let, let's pretend there isn't a mess. And that's yeah. what I yeah. – right. Yeah, that's what I often feel like when these people are going. Well, we're all going to come together and love one another. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, yeah, so, if we're going to do that covered in yeah. sewage, I'm, don't count me in. I'm not interested. You know, <laughs> I don't want to know
1: about but, it. So it's very interesting. I've been watching videos of people, you know, talking about the insanity of COVID and uh, you know how people uh, willingly line up to get sh- jabbed and you know abandon all common sense, you know, for this uh, f- fake uh, fake bug, fake bug, right? But uh, our people have been doing this for eons. uh, uh, Here, uh, you you spoke of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 5, verses 30 through 31, where he says, An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule at their discretion. My people love to have it so. Yes. But what will ye do when the end comes? Well, I think we're there, folks.
0: I think we are.
1: I think we're there.
0: I can't see and any other have way. We of...
1: much? Yeah. Yeah. Have we learned anything in the past 1500 years? It's because we, as a people, well, not, and this applies not just to Israelites and white people, but to everybody, they love their illusions. Yes, They love their illusions, and don't tell people that their illusions are false. <laughs> don't tell them that, okay? Yeah. You'll be very unpopular if you do that. that went, that's what Jeremiah was doing. He was
0: very unpopular, wasn't he? That's right. He was very unpopular. And yet he got a whole book it's named all- after him uh, and, yeah. uh, and what he <laughs> had to do. So he's probably, you know, but they... Yeah, I mean, the issue that he faces, obviously, is in a very intense form with Mm, the most horrific punishment rolling down the road toward them as he's trying to sort of alert them. Not dissimilar to today. Ours is a much more subtle thing in that it's not taking place in the stereotypical massed armies coming in boats or across the land to wipe us out. You know, people would obviously... I suppose be able to react to that a little bit better, but probably not too much better. They, they'd probably just run around and go to the pub or something. I have no idea what they would do, but uh, it, the the principle of it is is no different. and And yet again, we're faced with trying to get this message across. And I still think, I still think there are ways to do it. I, I could be completely mistaken in that, but I think it's worth using the time for that. I can't see much better use for the time that we have than seeking ways to get these points across to people to get them to see it. And it does require, I think, uh, we haven't got too much time, so really hammer blows are completely acceptable now.
2: <laughs> yes. You've got to get people
0: yes. clear that, you know, Yeshua is, a, by the terms of today, Yeshua is a racist. Why? Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. he because he loves his his race. And therefore, by definition, automatically, just by existing, as do we, your existence means you are automatically discriminating against the other races because you can't right. help it because you're an Anglo Saxon or what, well, just as Africans discriminate because they're African. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> That's the perception, isn't it? Oh, this is terrible. You're discriminating against other people. Yeah. That's called natural. That's called being completely normal and right. mentally well-adjusted. And yeah, you know.
1: but if they try to intrude into our space, and this includes our DNA, mm-hmm. then they are, uh, you know, then they are violating our space. <laughs> you know, because the, these contracts—it's uh, an exclusive covenant, a contract between Yahweh and us, and no one else is included. And so, sorry, that's mm-hmm. just the way Yahweh, the Creator, wants it. And don't blame me, take it up with the father,
0: right? Take it up with the father. That's what I say, you know, they go, oh, you can't be like this. I'm going, you think I'm I'm not making this up? That's what these (laughs) documents say, right? Now, if you want to pick and choose with the documents, that's your choice. I'm not going to do that. I don't think that's wise. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that people do that all the time, and it ends in ruin every single time Mm -hmm. because it can end in nothing else but. I mean, it's almost as if, you know… Another scene. It's as if we're at the reading of a will. Here we are. You know, the Israelites are in the room, all at the reading of the will, and some other people come in the back of the room, and they ask where their name is on, on the on the beneficiaries of the will, and they say, "Well, we can't find it. Oh, it must be there somewhere. Let's let's get into this." And we're going, "What?" And they're trying to put their name as one of yeah. the beneficiaries on the will. You go, no, your name's not on it. Oh, it could be. Look, that that could be my name. Yeah. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not your name you know I, yeah.
1: yeah well paul covers this you know when uh, when the uh testator dies mhm that's right? it. he does yes the, that's right yeah yeah and the will is being read mm-hmm. who is who is present at the reading of the will the whole world or just israel that's
0: right you yeah, see right? scenes like that are uh, i think wonderful for communicating these ideas that if they if you communicate them as an illustrative scene, which that just did, you know, I just had a picture of you and me sitting in an office, a nice stuffy Victorian yeah, right? right. I do, I do, and, and there's, there's, Yeah, there's, there's smoke there's hanging smoke in the air and there. some dry, crusty functionary administrator is behind the thing, you know, you know, some solicitor or whatever. And it's just because yeah, this right. is just for the family of the Israelite family. This is Mr. Israelite, Mrs. Israelite yeah, cut off that. And then these other people trying to okay. muscle, uh, we must be beneficiaries on this. Well, what? <laughs>
1: Right. Well, okay. Speaking of word monsters, you use the term solicitor. Yes. Is a solicitor a lawyer, or is a solicitor somebody who wants to sell you something?
0: Well, uh, uh, don't you have solicitors in America? Um, so. Well, we do, but we don't use the word solicitor for lawyers. Oh, all right. We well, use well it no, they're not salesmen. really. We have lawyers, yeah, but a solicitor is somewhere – you would use a solicitor sometimes – When buying and selling a house to ensure that the legal procedures are maintained. So they're more of a guide in many ways, but that, you know, they can rise and maybe some of them move on to do other things. I'm not saying I'm completely knowledgeable on all that kind of stuff. It's not the sort of word I like to say too often. Yeah. Well,
1: they, they're all involved in contracts too, aren't they? Lawyers, solicitors, agents, real estate people. Mm -hmm. It's all contracts. And uh, so, the Bible is a legal document.
0: It is. It is a legal document. It's pretty
1: boring mm -hmm. from that perspective, but it doesn't make any sense otherwise.
0: That's right. It it Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense otherwise. It's the absolute key thing. And then from it, we've got the foundation of correct law as it applies to us. I mean, I think, you know, with the races, one of the analogies I like to use as well, maybe just to myself when I'm Pointlessly talking to myself in my shed, as it were, is, um, is to liken races to, to computer operating systems in that they are all different and you can't run one in the environment of the other. I know there are hybrid attempts to do these sorts of things. It's, not, it's an analogy that's probably going to wear out in due course. But in the early days, you couldn't do that sort of thing. That <laughs> They're designed – they might fulfil similar end goals and end functions, but they have a subtle different language. And this is this thing about when people try to address all people – in my view, it cannot be done. It's never been done. They just believe they have. It's just a sort of lie. If you've got different people in a group, you cannot speak at the rhythm or the feeling or the touch of these people outside of your own race. They're a different operating right. system. And, that, it's, and it's not so much that you even respect that, that. That's sort of like some kind of supine position. It's simply that you observe it to be so. You know, An oak is not an elm. There's, they may be all trees, but right. the, the oak knows it's an oak, and the elm knows it's an elm. And it's it, you know they're not mucking about, and, and it's and it's mm-hmm. they don't sit around crying about it or talking about the rights of the elm in regard to the oak right. and so on and so forth. It's complete nonsense, total waste of time, uh, unless of course you're in the globalization business, in which case you want people wrapped up in these meaningless circuitous discussions that produce nothing. Which of course, unfortunately, is what we've been doing for hundreds of well, years here
1: we go around in circles <laughs> right
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's
0: where that's theology that's
1: judeo-christian theology is just running around in circles because none of them know what they're talking about yes they literally do not know what they're talking about no and uh, but uh, but the father said and and yashua predicted it end times there would be uh, a bunch of people who would uh be able to clarify all the be, realize who they are, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And begin to clarify all this stuff. And there's no no other candidate besides Christian identity, because the rest of the uh, Judeo-Christian world is just in a uh, mind uh, fog. Yes, a mind fog. Yeah. Right. That's
0: what they're in, they're absolutely- and it's getting worse. Yes, it will do. It's That's good. Worse, but- it's good that it gets worse. Um, <laughs> right? It is. It's. It is. It's absolutely good. It's got to get so bad that they actually begin to seek out the truth. You know, right? They've got to seek yeah. it out if they want any chance. The so, you know, we can't do it all. There's, there's hundreds of millions of our people just drifting, floating around like sacks of chemicals all over the place, not knowing quite what they're doing. Apart from eating potato chips, I guess, and and stuff like that, but yes. it it is it's an absolute nonsense. Of course, it's that I'm reminded of that phrase. Is it um, who is that um, sage you had? Is it Will Rogers? Is it him? I think it is. Oh right, yeah. He yeah, said something along Joel. the just, lines of, was... <laughs> "He said it's not <laughs> right. what it's not what we don't know that hurts us. It's what we think we know that just ain't right. so." And and right. really, that's the that's the challenge we are dealing often. When you go to Christian types, they think they know, and um, you know. Then they these are the sorts of people who say, "Have you got a degree? Or did you go to a seminary?" Or something like you go. Of course, from my <laughs> point of view, you go well. Uh, that's actually the last place you want to go. That's right. You know. Uh, so no, yeah. but of course, then oh well, you're not credible. right so we've got a problem even with the framework of their thinking you can't even get them to listen to you because you know you don't have a degree or you haven't got a dog collar on or something like that I mean it's just absolutely bizarre but um, they're always looking for human authorities to tell them what to think always and I would suggest that one of the defining characteristics of most of the people here is that we've never looked for that or when it have we've gone oh I don't think so I'm the guy at the right. back of the room going, I'm off arm. You know, I can't listen to this rubbish much more. Whereas everybody else, no, you've got to stay. It's really good. <laughs> it's not. I'm right. off. <laughs> you know, that's what I think. It's an attitudinal thing. It's something inside sure. that's like some kind of a, yeah. a compass, a, a proper compass that works. And you're surrounded by everybody's compasses that are going all over the place. You go, I, I, well, I'm not, I'm no, I'm off. Bye-bye. Right. You yeah. Know. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the good news is that there has always been a remnant who were uh, unlike those who loved to have loved to have their illusions, right? Mm-hmm. And they did not participate in trying to kill Jeremiah, right? Yeah. They tried to kill Isaiah. I mean, we're not talking about Edomites here. We're talking about Israelites yes. who were so adamant that they did not want to hear the truth, that their illusions are driving their lives, that they wanted to kill the prophets, yeah. And guess what? They tried mm-hmm. to kill Jesus too, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, that's this how is how it is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. How do we get through to these people? And you know, there's you can't beat it into them because that will cause them to get angry with you, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, so Saint John said, "Love one another." The only possible solution is uh, what's a friendly persuasion. -hmm. With as much love as you can possibly muster up toward the unbelievers, and that's what the Judeo Christians are—they are unbelievers. They think they're believers, but they're not. They're believing totally false doctrine. Mm -hmm. Okay, they are.
0: They are, and I think you know this clarity around the uh, words—I think to some degree causes one to no longer be a believer, but simply to know. It's a different condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you you go. say, yeah. do you believe in that? I go, no, it's not a belief. I, I know it's true. Yeah. I don't believe right. it. I don't go around going, mm, yeah. my belief's waning. It's got nothing to do with it. It's like an engineering issue. I know that that's a piston. But right. Yeah, it is. No, let's discuss it. Let's not. I'm not wasting my time with you. I know what's what. Yeah. Right. Oh. That's that. Okay, got it? Let's move on to other things. Right. So yeah. and it's because oh, these it's bu- a
1: pr- yeah.
0: Right.
1: it's a principle we act upon it's principles okay and when we act upon those principles things begin to go right (laughs) right okay it's like the piston hey the piston's doing its job yes it's it's helping the engine run that's right right because it works works. none of this uh, judeo stuff works it just doesn't work
0: yeah that's right but everybody's so invested in it working that they can't it's like being in a card game and they put so much money in on a bad hand. They won't stop doing it. They don't want you to call their hand because I'm going to lose everything on the table. They don't realize they've lost everything on the table already. You know, That's it's right. like, oh, right. I'm yeah. going to bluff you again. And you're going, but I know what cards you've got. No, you don't. <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah, it's I an awkward position. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. If you can see okay. your way to actually acquiring that skill, Eli, it wouldn't go amiss, you know. So I'll, I'll try and get it Yeah, too. that's right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I put a, a link in the chat room, and I, I put it in your uh, Skype chat as yes, well. Yes, I see
0: it. Yeah. Because, yeah.
1: yeah, because uh, this illustrates the t- utter confusion of a Judeo-Christian. And the title is A Puzzler, Hosea one ten and 2.23 in Romans 9, 25, and 26. So anybody who studied the Bible knows, and studied the teachings of Paul, knows that he doesn't waste a page without referring back to the Old Testament.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: He's always referring back to the Old Testament. And so this author, Jared Compton, has come up with what he calls a puzzler. Okay, And so it's very clear that in Hosea, Hosea is talking about Israelites, and the word used there is Israel. Let me me just read this first paragraph here. We looked at Romans 9 last week in a course I'm teaching on Paul. I'll admit we spent most of our time teaching chapters 9 through 11, working a bit too closely considering our time constraints through Paul's Old, Old Testament citations. One of the more puzzling of these citations is found in Romans nine twenty five to twenty six, where Paul cites Hosea two twenty three and, and then Hosea one ten. In Hosea, the my people, who receive God's renewed mercy, are he calls them Jews. They're Israelites.
0: Yeah, look okay, at that. So, look at that straight.
1: Yeah. Oh, this word. So yeah. right. So here it makes a horrible mistake, confusing Jews with Israelites. That, that's mistake number one. Okay. Mm. In Romans, he says, they're Gentiles.
0: <laughs> right, okay. I'm up to the pub, Eli. I have no idea what he's talking about.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, neither does he. No. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Has Paul misread his Bible? <laughs> no, Perhaps Jared, it's, it's you. same thing. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't read the Bible. That's another <laughs> mistake he made. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> he had the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. You see, it's anachronistic mistakes, it's definition mistakes, it's words that have totally useless definitions, right? Mm -hmm. And so he says, I don't plan to offer a full resolution to this one here. I'm not sure I even could. And he's correct. He couldn't. He can't because Mm -hmm. he's got the wrong definitions of the words. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he says, "Down." down below the problem is real yes it's very real thank you very much it is. but he has he's clueless on how to resolve the problem because he has the false def- he's got these word monsters that are eating him up making him uh, you know it's just like um, you're, you're a ball of confusion and it, because you cannot understand the concepts that are being presented in the Bible with these false definitions you will simply uh, worry yourself to death. That, gee, the Bible doesn't make any sense. That's thought what the Bible is supposed to make sense,
0: right? And uh, yeah, at I least mean, this yeah. person's honest. Yes, but there's right, a problem yes. here. Mm, there is. Okay, there is a major yeah. problem. There is. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I was I mean, thinking you know, with regards to Gentile, it's almost like the phrase that we would use in English: "those people," right? Those people. You know, you use it in, and, and you go, "Well, who are you referring to?" Of course, it can only be done in the context of the of the words you've said before it or what you're about to say after it. Those people over there that I'm pointing at right now that have got large heads, those ones, right? I didn't mean all of those people over there, I only meant that. And it's this precise definition of who you're addressing and who it's determining to mean throughout the text that causes all these general words, intentionally, or maybe not intentionally, but they just cause so much confusion. And you mentioned the idea of, a, uh, you know, when we we're talking just a few minutes ago, of, uh, I said that... I'm frustrated by the Bibles that I have, um, less so the Jerusalem one. And I love the King James. I'm aware of its errors, but I love the language in it. At times, it's just breathtakingly poetic and wonderful, and it it conjures up, it it shifts you. There's something fabulous about it in many ways. But um, these words being in it, Jew and Gentile specifically, and there are a few others, I do think need to be removed And replaced. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe I'm phrasing it wrong, but but just as as a stab, they're taken out, and and in each instance, they're replaced with the precise group that it's referring to in context Uh, and that this needs to be spelled out crystal clear. You know, I've I've mentioned that they use the word Jews when they mean Judahites or do they mean all Judeans? you know, In some cases it does mean non-Judaite people that lived in Judea but we've got to get clear about this because the conflating of the the two no one Mm -hmm. one can work it out. I'm not even having a go at this guy. No wonder he can't work it out. Who can? Well, here, here can. You know, here it's been worked out. So it's key. yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and then, uh, you know, I I took the pains of checking my Webster's Dictionary that's a foot thick, right, Mm -hmm. and opened it up to the word Gentile. And uh, it has like five, six definitions, none of which agree with each other, right, including one which states that uh, a Gentile is a word that Christians use to refer to non-Christians. Okay, so which definition are you using, Brother Paul, (laughs) at the moment, (laughs) right? Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) How can you possibly have an intelligent conversation or even a clear thought in your mind when you have all of these conflicting definitions of a single
0: word? You can't. It's impossible, yeah. We could say that for the last few hundred years, no one has had an intelligent, very few people have had intelligent discussions about Scripture because they, these key foundational words of the identification of groups and individuals have been consistently misunderstood, even from day to day. You know, they might read yes. it, A few years later, they read it again and think it means a different group because it's just not, it's intentionally muddying the waters. Uh, and of yes. course, what's the result? The result is that basically the christians of today who i define as uh, a people a race of people whose forefathers were known as israelites the mm-hmm. the christians do not know that they're christians by blood they don't know it right and they can't know well said. it. How can they yeah. know it if yeah. if they think that these words are ascribing them, including everybody? It's not possible. Yes. And I'm kind of just exactly. really happy to sit with this problem until it goes away because it's like yes. I don't want to get into all the minutiae <laughs> of the rest of the scripture. It's not minutiae, It's all very important stuff. Oh, but, yes. yes. But if, if these foundational things are not understood, how am I going to understand it? I'm not. I'm going to come up with another version of Christianity. <laughs> That's what they do. Right. There's over a thousand of them. Or something, yeah. All these yeah. denominations, well, and, and none of them know what a Gentile and Jew really means in these things. It seems they, they don't have no idea. Yeah, they have no idea. They think they know, but they don't, right? Mm. So,
1: uh, and this, uh, and that's when we, when we have a conversation with a Judeo, and uh, we know what the meanings of the words actually are, then I think uh, it's our job to. You know, well, now wait a minute. Uh, the words you just used are not biblical words. They are modern terms that have been substituted for the original words in the Hebrew and the Greek. You know? yes. So uh, if, if we can have a discussion on what the original words are and mean, then, or as Voltaire said, if you would speak to me, define your terms. Okay? Yeah. If you would speak to me, define your terms. And so we have to be very uh, articulate uh, very precise in uh, how we speak to these people so they understand us. They're going to call us anti-Semites anyway. <laughs> so, so you might as well, they don't want to kill us like they tried to kill Jeremiah, right? But at least we have a, a point of understanding if they can understand our terms, right? Yes. And get them to think, getting them to think. Right, That's I think it's, pamphlets it's, are the it's, way. It's,
0: I've got this word pamphlet. Yeah. I know it's the old thing, but the pamphlet is a very powerful little thing, actually, because because of its brevity, and it it should be brief. Uh, it sends out a, a signal to the potential reader that, that that there's got to be something in this short bit of text, right. Um And yeah. that and I can read it in 10 or 15 minutes or however long it takes. I'll do that. Okay. Uh, I, I have yes. books on my shelves that are 1,800 pages long, and I've read them, okay, and things like this. Mm-hmm. But I observe, um, and I'll probably read a few more yet before I... <laughs> but I observe that most people don't and won't. do that they're not going to do it Um, it doesn't matter how much i tell them i could tell them the whole secrets (laughs) of the universe are in there and and if you read it you'll you'll be just you'll be a life's going to be amazing for you they still worry
1: they're not going to do it if you understand terms yeah, yeah you'll be amazed at what it really says but this article is such a beautiful example of how confused the average Judeo-Christian is. Let me just read a couple more sentences here. Together, these are bits of evidence Paul puts forward to support his point that God has chosen both Jews and Gentiles to receive his mercy. Huh? Hmm. Okay. Objects of mercy. Well, no. <laughs> he pr- he chose Judahites and Israelites. Yes but not Jews and Gentiles. And so then he makes this really astounding statement. The point number two, Paul uses the citations to prove Gentile inclusion, not Gentile replacement of Israel. He's trying to rationalize why, uh, the, the Israelites who, uh, you know, did reject Yahshua, Mm -hmm. uh, and but they were never replaced by gentiles the, the the inclusion was the dispersed israelites right that's that's how what paul is really trying to say yeah that's that's what paul is saying But so he is cannot so. possibly understand that yes, what he, yeah what he cannot possibly understand it given his belief in the definitions false definitions of these words
0: yes it's not possible. Okay. It's not even having a go at him. It's just not possible. No. What it's like is anything where you have been malinformed in the early stages of your so-called right. education on a thing, if those things take root over a long period of time, it becomes very difficult for to be dislodged because people build supplementary arguments and discussions on the basis of this initial false doctrine as it were, this false understanding. And then when you come along 20 years later and you say, "Oh, right at the beginning of your studies, you see this rather important word here. Yeah? You got that completely wrong. Yes. What, what you're doing is you're invalidating their entire path. And I'm afraid there's no way around that because it is invalid. It's invalid. Yeah. Th- these things are invalid. They're not, that no wonder there's confusion. And of course, they're hanging on as well to that original context that they received or, or when they became enamored with church learning or whatever it is. They're hanging on to that initial context. And what we're saying is, or what the scripture says when it's pointed out is, oh, that initial context that you had, it was not correct. It's not accurate. Therefore, all the content you've put into it is redundant. It's a waste of time you've got it completely muddled now you have we have your lens is slightly out of focus you're seeing everything three inches to one side and if you just adjust it here and we gave you the meanings of these words bang you're going to see it crystal clear and at first look it's not going to look too nice to you (laughs) probably (laughs) you know it's going to go whoa is that what i've been looking at all the time yes yes it is yes you know so you know when
1: a judeo-christian uh, comes up to you and and says paul is the apostle to the gentiles yeah. what would you say to that person
0: tell me what a gentile is please what is it yeah
1: there you go well what, what do you think is a gentile what do you think yeah. it is yeah what is it okay it's not a non-israelite i'm sorry you have that definition wrong it is an israelite yeah. because what this author is saying is that paul is contradicting hosea it's not possible there's no way that Paul would dare to contradict one of the Old Testament prophets. It's your language that's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's the language. Okay.
0: The language is incorrect. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: It. yeah. And getting this message across to people who are as deluded <laughs> enough to take the shot, right? And yeah. we have all these so-called Christian pastors encouraging their flock to get the shot to yeah. destroy their DNA. I mean, is there any hope for any of these denominations? Uh, I don't think so, Paul. Well, I, think I, hope all I hope not.
0: I oh. hope they all go down the yeah. bin. You know, I, the, the mm. thing is that they've got to go away. And these cozy pictures of the church of England, these lovely little churches, please, uh-huh. I love them. Right? I think yeah. they're great. They're part of this sort oh, yeah. of cultural heritage of the nation, the landscape and everything, but they're not pulling their weight. They're not, actually fulfilling the function that they're supposed to do, which is, at the font, it should be a font of truth. And it isn't. There's, no, <laughs> there's nothing going on there. It's nonsense. It's all ear-tickling, yeah. and Jesus loves everyone. You're all welcome. No, they're not. Have you read the instruction yeah. manual? Hello? Bang, bang, bang. They're not, right? They've got to go and do their own stuff. And, of course, it's insulting. I view it it's insulting to the other races. Is it? I mean, I, there was something on last night about Charles Dickens, right? It was great. It was really good. I'm, I'm a okay. fan. Uh, his life's not perfect by any means. I mean, the latter stages is pretty bad. Frankly, his behavior was not good. Uh, his output, of course, is ridiculous by today's standards. It's absolutely astonishing, really. He's yeah, uh, so at his little right. writing desk, and he's scribbling away in the manuscripts in his own handwriting. And, of course, they had the terrifying prospect back then that there was only one manuscript which he'd written with a quill pen, and off it would go to the printers. And if anybody lost it. <laughs> <laughs> right, go. good grief, going forever. Anyway, but yeah, yeah there were there were. Talk- anyway, a film has been recently been made of David Copperfield in which the lead character is played by a Muslim gentleman. Oh, and then many <laughs> seriously, and many other characters are played by Africans. Okay, and this wow. this was a- so I watched this, and I- as I'm looking at it, of course, these things are ridiculous to me and silly, but I don't get angry. I simply view it as the. I mean, there is a part of me that's irritated by this that that they're actually yeah, putting. Oh, sure. I, I want I want them to pay them me, me if they're going to project me. this they're stuff, into my, stuff my into my mind because it's not true. So every time you start projecting manure and lies, you're going to pay me money. I want to start finding a way to send them a bill. You know, I had to watch that. I want a hundred quid. Right. You know, um, yeah. and you stop putting it on. But the thing is, I, when you look at it, it's insulting to everybody that's involved in that because it's not true. It's making a representation that is literally. That never occurred. That was never intended by the writer. That couldn't have been intended by the writer. That's not in the manuscripts or anything. It's totally fudged to apparently suit the st- the tastes and styles of today. So we are told. And is this right. not the case with the wor- the way that churches have operated? They continually tailoring their message to the conditions of the day. Wrong. Right. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do. That's what they do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently
1: it works, you know. Uh, but interesting, uh, going back to 9 11, when uh, they tried to reconstruct that statue of the uh, Marines raising the flag on Iwo Jima. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes.
1: And they're all uh, white Adamic gentlemen, right? And, and obviously in their fatigues raising that flag. And so after 9-11, they tried to introduce a couple of black guys, (laughs) recreate that statue with a couple of black guys, and lo and behold, a a, a storm of protest arose for changing, trying to change history, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the way we should be, right? Well, yeah. But too many people fall for these subtle changes.
0: Well, also, I mean, we have a situation where you have aliens now in supposed positions of power in our nations making decisions about how we are supposed to live. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, I understand, is it in Richmond or somewhere they're going to melt down this statue of General Robert E. Lee? Is that correct? That's what I hear. Uh,
1: Probably Richmond,
0: yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a magnificent bronze about nine feet high or something, and... uh, there's a an African woman in charge of the local council or whatever, and she's obviously, whatever she is, she's a Marxist or something. I'm, I'm not even interested. Right. I don't mind. I have no feelings about it one way or the other. But the, the obvious thing is that she should not be in that position. And therefore, just like we have a gentleman over here called Sadiq Khan who thinks he's an Englishman and goes around calling himself the mayor of London, and lots of my own people agree with that. That's the problem. It's not that he uh-huh. says it. It's that other people go, Oh, that's the mayor of London. I go, Well, it isn't. And it's that no. attitude. It's that uh-huh. attitude. Pastor, yeah, I, right? I'm not angry with that man. I mean, it's irrelevant whether I'm angry or not. It's got nothing to do with it. It's like an engineering issue. You go, No, wrong component, wrong place, therefore not working. Doesn't work. No good. Yeah. Uh, exactly. He's, he's, he's going to yeah. say something that we should be doing this. Who are you talking to? You can't talk to me. I don't even hear you. If you're going to start making a noise mayor, I want 100 quid. I mean, really, I want to start right. – we've got to find a way of billing them. Shut up. If you come into my room yeah. and start talking, I'm going to give you a bill, right, and you're going to pay me because I'm not listening to your stuff. Yeah, who invited you? Yeah, I'm not – I didn't ask for you right. to talk to me. You have no permission. You're not involved in our law because you don't understand that we are a race of people. It seems to have been lost on you. By the same token, of course, the people that induce these people to occupy these positions of power are the real culprits. Um, That's right. That's that's the issue. Who said that they can do it? And, of course, if you go back to the political decision-making power within our nation, our scattered tribes, our remnants now, our suffering and depleting tribes all the time, the key thing is that uh, aliens have got the vote, for example. Why? Right. Why? I never gave it to them. Why should a Muslim right. gentleman who comes to live in England to study have the vote? He shouldn't. Right. so yeah. so what we need is I need to set up a new voting system where the only people that can register I hate that word but you can record or can vote would be English men and women purebred 100% all the way down right. the line aged 18 and above yes. and that's it and uh, anybody so, else yeah. that gets involved with it it's a capital offense you'll hang for it if you start to fiddle around with the thing you'll, you'll be hung or you'll be deported yeah. and uh, yeah. because this is our nation and you came here possibly because you, you liked it because if you liked it, it was a reflection of what we'd done with it, not a reflection of you participating in it. Because now that you're in it, it's not that nation anymore. <laughs> it's right. That's right. You know, right. and uh, and everybody yeah. would be happier at home. I keep saying this. Everybody knows where their cultural homelands are. And so getting this conversation going is the key thing. Of course, we're overwhelmed by the noise and din of the mainstream media, but not as overwhelmed as we used to be. So I think that that's, that's something to keep working at. There's, there's no other choice but to keep – it's a peaceful right. thing that everybody can do every day. Therefore, do it every day. <laughs> Never stop. Right. Just keep doing it.
1: Well, I don't know wh- when the law was changed, but uh, a few weeks ago I quoted the international law, internationally recognized law, mm-hmm. that every nation has the right to limit immigration and to determine who gets in and who does not get in. Yes. Okay? This is a recognized matter of international law. So when did it change? Who changed
0: it? It changed when the bankers took control of the political system and initiated democracy uh, here, (laughs) (laughs) courtesy of their hireling and traitor Oliver Cromwell here. And that was the end. That was the end. I mean, one of the interesting things about Cromwell is the thing during the process of uh, removing the king's head, before the king's head had been taken off, uh, which is. uh, I think in November of that year, I can't remember when it was sixteen. Blah blah blah, something or other. Um, Parliament was meeting, and the king had been had escaped from the Isle of Wight. I think it was. Uh, he'd been allowed to escape on purpose so that he could be captured, so that they could rustle up charges against him. It's all part of a setup. But whilst he was incarcerated, uh, discussions went on, and he made concessions to the to Parliament, and uh, these concessions. Uh, were liked by the par- by the people in Parliament. They said, these concessions are more than acceptable. This is fine. We're okay with this. This is good. This was not good for Cromwell. Very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> very bad because he was awaiting a large sum of money. Uh, uh Hello. It's always money. Right. From the synagogue at Molheim in Holland, which is where it was going to come from. Um, to allow for the readmittance of the Jews into England, you see. And uh, that wasn't going to happen while Charles was still on the throne. So there were a series of purges that took place, just like communist purges in the Soviet Russia in the 1930s. These purges is the same word. And they kept on basically removing those representatives of the people in the house that had sided with the king's concessions to make sure that their vote wasn't there. It's like jury rigging. the same thing. And the last one is called Pride's Purge, named after the man that did it, P-R-Y-D-E. And he removed the last of the troublemakers, and then they could say, right, take his head off, and that was that. So this, this, obviously, you know, what caused that? It was Englishmen going around in there doing that, but these were bent Englishmen. These were corrupted ones. These were the ones that were paid off. The money had done it again. It does it every time, you know. You can always trace it back to who gets paid off. And so, courtesy of that... We now have, from that point forward, 1660-odd. 1660 1666, of course, is the fire of London. Not uh, not an accident either on that year yeah. of that, of that <laughs> I'm absolutely sure. No accident in that. And uh, you've got the opening of the removal of our line of law coming through the monarch. I accept that not all the monarchs have been good. We accept that every time a decision's been made to do something for the people the elite get together instantly, even from our own people, and start to work to undermine those concessions that are going to uh, create a more level playing field. I know you can't create a perfectly level one, but you get my drift. Right. And, and I yeah. i, I was—I heard something the other day with regards to Magna Carta, which has really sparked my interest in, in studying common law more thoroughly, or at least more simply is what I'm after. I want simple stuff. I don't want vast tomes telling me about common law. But this was an interesting, a really interesting point, which I was unaware of. When Magna Carta was formed in 1215, uh, for the next 70 years, that's, I guess, through to about, what, 1985 or something like that, before Edward I, Longshanks, uh, pushed the Jews out of England in 1291. During that period, attempts were made immediately Uh, to undermine some of the key aspects of Magna Carta. Now, the key aspect of it is trial by jury. This is, it's absolutely key. In fact, it's the ultimate power of true democracy. It's not voting. (laughs) Voting's Uh not, everybody thinks it is, but it's actually the jury. And in this presentation, the guy raised a point which I was unaware of, and it's really profoundly powerful, which is this. A jury is convened, And so we didn't have judges. You had conveners would gather the court together, the 12 men and women, good and true, and they would hear the case. And it has to be unanimous. The decision of the jury must be unanimous for it to carry or be, you know... And Mm -hmm. if it's not, it doesn't go through. So if someone objects, if the defendant is found not guilty, then the charge, the law, that they had supposedly broken can be examined by the jury. And if found wanting can be annulled mm-hmm. can be removed. Right. You go, this isn't a law mm-hmm. at all. Uh we we sat here talking for three weeks or whatever, we got nowhere, it was crystal clear that blah blah blah. This is not a law, this is a waste of time. Take it off, right? That now that that's that hung around for hundreds of years, but in the right in the very beginning it got even better for us because it said who is it that promulgated this law? Who put it into the system? Who is the public right. servant or servants responsible for it? Right, we're gonna prosecute them. Right. And they That's would be the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. So, instead of so this interference of porting in, which are not laws, they're just their control adjustment things of controlling you. Anytime that bad stuff came through the system when, was detected, not only can it be annulled, but those that are actually putting it into the system can be brought to a common law court and tried for trying to pass off bad law that's going to harm the nation as a whole. It's a wonderful power and we need it back because right now in my country we've got exactly that situation with people in the Houses of Parliament saying words coming out of their mouth which have got nothing to do with the true common law than it being applied against the people and harming us right. all the time and we have no cause of redress and we need it back, as you well know. So, But I found that very yes. interesting and apparently by about 1285 or something they'd managed to get the prosecuting the public Servant bit removed a bit, something like that. I've got to study it a bit right. more, but that was a massive reduction in its initial powers. It was to hold those in authority accountable to to actually serve the public, as described in their remit, in that, and not to serve themselves. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's what a republic is supposed to do, and for most people, the word democracy fills that bill. But it's rarely. It's always like when you have a document like the. US Constitution, which is supposed to be obeyed, right Yes and what happens is that lawyers and politicians pretend to obey it, but the people simply do not you know co- uh, you know compare their behavior with their words, right mm-hmm. And they no matter how often they violate their own words and the Constitution, the people just let it slide So, We are therefore, because we are lax in enforcing the law, right, making sure that politicians obey the law, it is our fault. It is our fault for letting it happen. Yes, it is. That's how we slide. Yeah, we slide down the slippery slope.
0: But it's a good point. You see, if we accept and stand in the fact that we are responsible for this mess, even though people may be able to muster all sorts of intellectual arguments to show that we're not. They did this to, yeah, I accept all that. It's true. And they deceived us on this. Yes, I've got that. And we trusted them on that and they broke their word on this now that we have found out because they hid it for 300 years. Yeah, got all that. Right. But, but if we take that stance that you're rightfully saying is the one that we take, that we are at fault for this, then now we are able to do something about it. But whilst you mither around in the idea that they're doing it to us and we're all victims and there's nothing we can do and blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? You're a victim and there's nothing you can do and they're going to keep doing it to you because you've just said that that's the way it is. But when you say, no, it's us that's erred, now we're going to correct it. Totally different game. And, and what I would say about most of the bad news and the drama stories I'm receiving about the COVID stuff, which I stopped really gleaning almost after about three or four weeks of it starting back in the spring of 2020, is that they're actually doing the work of the other side in the sense that people's time and energy and focus is being absorbed in the drama of it all, right? right all of these things that we can't prove anyway i can't go off i haven't got the resources to go and have a chat with dr fauci and give him a knuckle sandwich when he really irritates me which wouldn't take very long i can't do that so why bother paying any attention to these people who are obviously paid liars when in fact what we need to be doing is what you've just indicated that we take responsibility for these errors and start to put them right you know the whole thing with the COVID stuff, it's a massive smokescreen for the adjustment of the banking system. I'm sticking with that. That's what I said right at the beginning, and it's going on right now. We've got Central Bank over here talking about introducing Central Bank digital cryptocurrency. This is right. unbelievably. This is hell on a stick. Right, I have no pro- I have no problem with the central bank as long as I own it, Eli. I'm serious. Yeah, and you and you. We're supposed to. Yeah, right. I want to own it now. Now, you, now, as long as you own it, you come and see me about what you're going to do, and I get a divvy at the end of it. Now, now we're somewhere there. That's not even perfect in itself, but it's a start. But when this private group tell me under the name of a central bank that they're going to introduce. A cryptocurrency, which we know is going to be used to micromanage every part of your behaviour, because guess what? If not, you're not right. getting your booster your jab. DNA. You won't get your booster <laughs> jab, and then right. uh, and the, and those jabs, of course, as far as we understand it, are actually damaging and harming the natural immune system. So that in future you will get just a cold. People have not had a booster, and they'll die from it. Oh, they'll yeah. just die from anything. Exactly. Um And uh, how do you get your boosters? Well, by being a good citizen in that way, you know, your cryptocurrency yeah, account. Right. Will work on, yeah, I trust you. I trust you, central banking people. You've got a history of of uh, splendid integrity and honor down through the ages. Not, you know. So, I mean, that's what we're dealing with.
1: Yeah. So, uh, again, back to our original point, we we're living in a, on a ball of confusion and the confusion is not getting any better. But the good news is that there are there is a remnant of us who see through the smokescreen and see through all the lies. In fact, uh, Trump actually, the one good thing he did was his use of the term fake news, which alerted a lot of people, even some liberals, <laughs> maybe <laughs> some Christians, I'm not sure, but uh, to, the, to the fact that the news is fake. You can't trust mass media. And that is a major step in the right direction for our society. To yes. understand that the news media cannot be believed.
0: Yeah, it's a major step. Yeah. It's a major now, step. yeah. We the, well, have there was a march in London them. yesterday, Eli. I didn't go on it, but there was a march oh, yeah. in London yesterday. Uh, Over half a million people were there. There's a new news outfit called GB News, which has been set up over here recently. I think its ratings are appalling and everything, Um, which is supposed to be like the voice of the people. But it showed you their report. They'd stuck their reporter in a side street where nobody was walking about saying that no one had turned up. Yeah, I got all this other footage, half a million people walking up down the street. (laughs) I mean, it's just non-stop. So none of them, basically, citizen reporting is the only type of reporting that's accessible. It's the only one. And, and what's occurring, of course, is these connections between us, this sort of decentralized network of news. I mean, you have to plow through an awful lot of frogs, you know, before you kiss a prince with this stuff, but you get the idea. There's a, there's not a lot of chaff before you get to the wheat. But it is in there, um, whereas there's no wheat at all in in the mainstream media. It's just all bilge. And uh, the I think the comical thing as well, and it is comical for those of us that can see it, is that those people in the mainstream media still believe that they have the command of your mind and that they're on the high ground of truth, whereas, in fact, they're a comedy act. They're a joke. It's unbelievably sad. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's over. Uh, COVID is the last gasp for mass media. Uh, It's a point – you reach a point where nobody listens anymore. They they don't realize that nobody's listening to them anymore. Yeah, maybe the the little old ladies who are on on retirement, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. the, all the people confined to nursing homes because that's all they have is the television set, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it. You know, it, it's uh, people are leaving the mainstream in droves, and they're, they're not going back, no. right? So that's why we're here to fill the gap. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Citizen journalism is taking over. It is. And uh, they're trying to pretend that it isn't.
0: It is. You're absolutely right. It is. And I think, I mean, there's so many good, I've got a little positive story to mention as well, other than my other negative one, which was last Friday, I was invited to a gathering at someone's house. And I thought, well, there'll be six or 10. I didn't know how many people would be there, but I just thought maybe half a dozen, a dozen or something tops. Um, and when I got there, there were over 60 people there. None of them wow. had been jabbed. None of them. All the, all the conversation was not necessarily about identity. In fact, probably very little of it was, to be quite honest. Yeah. But it was the conversation of people who are genuinely concerned, who uh, who have had the question mark firmly switched on in their hearts and minds and are questioning everything. And so the atmosphere there was just fantastic. Uh, and everybody is kind of, you know, re uh, encourage, literally encouraged by the presence of right. others who are willing to inquire and are not going to just you know shout people down and call them a conspiracy theorist, which I like to be called anyway because I think it's lots of fun but but people that are new to these things don 't like it, you know it kind of puts them off a bit because they 're not yet they 're in the fact gathering stage, but it 's wonderful, and it was tremendously it was encouraging, very much so I just thought, wow, you yeah, know, and this is happening all over half a million people yesterday, and that means there's an awful lot more there's loads more that's just half a million that turned up that's just indic- that's like a small percentage of the entire amount another interesting piece of news here in the UK is that the actual, for, for the last three or four weeks now, on the news, they've been battling the idea that there are five million people who are yet to get a jab at all in the UK. Well, that's rubbish. I've, and all the time it's come, i said, no, that figure's wrong. It it's much bigger. Well, it turns out from the government's own statistics that it's 23 and a half million have not had anything at all. Nothing. right Right. fantastic this is absolutely fantastic yeah not one thing and uh of course there's no reason to have any of these things because they don't work um and they're just you know all you need is a bit of vitamin d and uh i just saw someone i was just out walking my wife by the way about before the show started along the seafront here it was very cold foggy nice quite gloomy but i quite like that um and we bumped into someone who just said a few kind words to my wife because she's not well and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And we were just talking about the bad weather, and I said, "Oh yeah, um, yeah, we we all had colds a few months ago, which we did." And uh, she said, "Oh, I hate colds." I said, "No, they're fantastic." Yeah. She said, what? <laughs> "Yeah, they're brilliant for your body, right?" "Get one, get one now. Have you had one?" She, said, <laughs> she started process. laughing. She said, "They're not good for you." I said, "Of course they're good for you." I said, "Whilst you've got a cold going on, your immune system's getting a workout that you can deal with, so that's good. Don't ever take a flu jab, waste of time, because your body will become dependent on them and your immune system will get weak. And the other thing is yep. that whilst you've got the flu going on, something really nasty can't mm-hmm. get in." you've already got a disease going on he goes "Ooh, I'm right. not in that body it's already got a cold going on inside it and it keeps it out yeah. why do you think we get colds i said it all works great just let it run you know so she, she got yeah. slightly hysterical and started laughing when i was telling her this but it's true right. Right, you know? yeah you just got to get these points Absolutely. across yeah
1: yeah well and of course uh, what they call flu flu always was just a very generic word they had they really have no idea what causes the flu Okay, now they have asserted that they do know what causes the flu, yeah. namely COVID. Right? Okay. Yeah. So when did this when did this brainstorm that now we know what causes the flu come about? When did this come about? Right. Well, never. It's all fiction, right? Yeah. But uh swamp fox makes a very interesting point here. That's why they need to control the net. Citizen reporting must be stopped. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why they're trying to not just brainwash us, but to jab us so that we cannot make a distinction between citizen journalism and the mass media, right? Yeah. And but one one benefit of of all this is now now that they're inserting their 5G, now that you're becoming a walking router, yeah. You don't have to pay for the internet. <laughs> Okay, you are the internet. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's how they need to control us. We'll so find far- what we
0: need to do is start breeding magical carrier pigeons again, and we'll just have to get back to that. Right, in a- there you go. But yeah, of course they'll try and interfere right. with their ra- their global radar system as they fly around the earth and go all over the place. These wonderful pigeons, but I mean, there's a thing going around. We've got about five minutes, by the way. I'm just looking at the clock, and um, but uh, there's a thing going around that they, they are interfering with domain names. Okay, they're trying to affect that so that they can sort of crush all things right. at source, uh, because there's a thing. There's a whole system called a domain name server, and it works a bit like a PO box, right? So PO boxes are. Uh, numbers uh, it's kind of in reverse so you send letters to the number but behind the back of the number there's a real address there's you or me and we go along and we pick yes. it up okay it's
1: all so numbers that's, yeah yeah that's
0: really how domain yeah. names work all these servers have actually it's the other way around the servers have all got these ridiculously long strings of numbers which no one can remember at all but you can remember sure. you know you dot com. folk I should hope you can yeah and therefore, I so. <laughs> yeah and then, and then that goes to a, goes to a <laughs> number your mind fog hasn't gotten too bad yet and, Right? <laughs> no i'm I'm still on the ball here so and um Good. Good. uh so they're gonna interfere with that well, I can assure you that they won't be successful with that because there are that's things right. called ghost domain name systems right <laughs> uh-huh. and all that's gonna happen right is that these other like latent systems in the network will come up and you'll you'll stick a little sort of plug in onto your browser. And every time you go to one of these wacky new domain names that, that their system doesn't recognize, this will, and it'll it'll load the page up for you, right? Nice. So oh, there's loads of like stuff. It. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah. I think these things are just buying us time. We have to get back to communicating yeah. these words to our people so that they stand in the law again and assist us to yeah. stand in it more fully as well. That's what the payoff is. You know, the payoff here. Yeah. What, what What's in the contract? The contract is that we will become once more a people to Yahweh and he will become a God to us. That's it. That's what this is about, isn't it? And uh, and and yeah. then we can find out how the world's supposed to be managed. Not everybody's yeah. wacky, what? wonderful ideas. You know, let's get the yeah. basics sorted out. <laughs> then we can see what we have to do. We can't see what it is at the moment. It's such a mess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, one more word that we can squeeze in here. Uh, influenza. (laughs) nimble horse says influenced by the heavenly bodies is that what it actually means in other words we have no idea what it means (laughs) what a flu means right yeah all right okay again you look up the root meanings of these words you have an education
0: yeah
1: yes you're absolutely right. Yeah, pamph- pamph- Spoiler says, we'll set up a pamphlet net.
0: <laughs> I like it. Honestly, pamphlets are so, they're really fantastic. They are. I mean, there's uh, mm-hmm. and of course, printing has kind of gone out of fashion, but they would they would work. And people still like physical books. I do when I get them and read right. them. It's a Me better sure. experience yeah. in many ways. But, but this technology has been amazing for unearthing books that I didn't even know exist. Then you can buy them. Or you can download them as a PDF. But it's that. It's been phenomenal, really. There's no – you can't even describe the impact that it's made. Yeah. And I think they realize it's kind of got out of hand with us. There are actually – ooh, there's actually – it's not just five people and a dog that are reading these strange old books. It's millions. Yeah, that's right. And many people are stepping up the ladder quicker and quicker every day. It's very exciting. It really is. So, So
1: we can say, with all honesty, that the flu is caused by watching too much television
0: media influence you might as well yeah everything you might as well right? yeah, yeah. As well. yeah. <laughs> all right yeah nimble horse writes okay. here the bolsheviks were great pamphleteers it worked for them it absolutely did and where yeah. you know during the civil war uh when that kicked off there were 32,000 pamphlets published in london Think about that. This is the mid 1600s. Wow. 32,000. That's what got people agitated. They read, and then there was renter mob right. that was designed. We got. Um, by the way, we got about 40 seconds, Eli. So I'll leave the last word to you. Right. Really enjoyed it today. It's been okay. Brilliant.
1: Well, uh, stay tuned. I think uh, w- word smithing and uh, word monsters are the most important uh, thing to keep stay aware of. And uh, whenever you uh, talk with somebody about the Bible find out what they mean by the terms they use, okay? That that way, that way you can have an honest discussion with them. So thank you, Paul, and thank you all for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. See you all next time. Oh, thank you, Eli. And stay tuned for Brother Hebert, Age of Laodicea. Take care.
0: Yep. Bye for now, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, Eli. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you, Jo. Thank you, Paul.